Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. You can, of course, find us 24-7 over at pathtozion.com, or likely where you are right now. If you're watching this, you are watching on our YouTube channel. You can subscribe, of course, if you like, and share this with anyone that you believe might be remotely interested in what we're attempting to accomplish here. And as I always want to remind everyone, um, you can reach out to us via email. Podcast at gmail.com is the way to do that. And we thank you for those of you who take the time to sit down and write us and uh, ask questions or, or encourage us or even just challenge anything that we might present um, with a heart of seeking to agree with what the Word of God tells us, um, free from our opinions. Now, that being said, that is an excellent segue towards what we're about to get into today. Um, it is so long, I'm not really even sure I can record all of the parts in their entirety today. Um, in, in a nutshell, I started a study about 10 days ago looking into the lives of two individuals that we see in the book of Acts, um, Lydia and Cornelius. And, and the reason that I felt led to look into them was to define and, and kind of set up before us two examples of individuals on, on, the, on the very heels of Yeshua's ascension in the beginning of the Newer Testament understanding of the called-out assembly. And they, of course, are two perfect individuals to do that. And so I'm real excited about sharing it. It's not done, and the reason it's not done is because of this right here. What I have in my hands is a study that I stepped out about seven days into the Lydia and Cornelius study. I had some thoughts, and I ran into uh, two different uh, scriptures, and I just, I just, they started building and building. I thought I have to, I have to shoot out here and spend what I thought would be. I need to spend an hour towards just this isolated thought, and I spent three days there. Um, many hours of of studying out what I want to present in this series, which became 15 tight pages, um, and that's condensed. And so this will be, yet again, another lengthy study. And listen, I understand. If, if there was some way to put this information into a 30-minute sermon with beautiful outlines and slides, trust me, I would do it. That would be that would be more desirable. This takes so much time to compile all of these scriptures into one place. But we, we have to ask ourselves, I have to ask myself, am I wanting numbers and a lot of views and people to just heap accolades on a brief, concise, easy-to-understand thought? Or am I desiring a, a, any number, even if it's a small handful— to really give themselves to hours of listening to what the Word of God says about a matter so that we can hopefully literally shift all of our understanding off of the tracks that it's been on in many cases and over here into new understanding that the Word of God is just gushing out right now in this hour. And I do not, I do not mean that flippantly, friends. I have been... My, I, I type pretty well, but I cannot get out fast enough all that I'm finding in the Word of God towards this topic we are going to begin to discuss today. I have to preface this for a few more moments to, for, for you to give me license, if you will, to, to say some hard things 
Um, but on the on the front side of that, explain why. Okay. Um, and, and so let me just go here with the title first of all. And you, of course, already see it if you're watching the video. But the name of this series is going to be The Gospel. Okay. The Gospel. What if Christianity has never really known it? What if we have never really heard or rightly understood and thereby not known the full gospel? That is a question that has been kind of just <laughs> lowered onto my, my entire being over the last, especially over the last year, um, but over the last several months specifically, I have, I have had to really step back and realize and this is what I have to challenge you to do, friend. And you have to ask yourself if you can actually do this. Can you do what I am, am attempting to do, which is to willingly admit, maybe I've not known the gospel. Maybe I've not known the full gospel. Maybe what has been presented to me has not been the full gospel. Now, let me say this. I am not the one who is sitting here fully understanding the full gospel now. I'm not the guy who has, brother, I've studied this for 24 years. I am not that guy. I have been hesitant for the past several months to even bring it up. If you do watch the program, you know that I've been talking a lot about just on the periphery of other topics that I am hitting head on. I'll mention the two-house understanding, or I'll mention the, the full gospel, or the full purpose within Messiah's coming. I And I have I have told you peppered throughout things I've been talking about, how I'm looking into <clears throat> excuse me, looking into that and, and re-evaluating my understanding of what the good news biblically even is. Well, I have said without any hesitancy that I am nowhere near presenting the full gospel. I'm not there even yet now, hours and hours and hours over the last two weeks looking into this. I am still not presently postured to to readily present this topic. But I would like to say in humility that in my studies, in my studies, my willingness to, to study, to show myself approved and, and know my father's plans and ways and what he's doing and what he's done, I'd like to think that he's given me something through, I don't know, I wanted to go through, but I just have not had time to go through and, and find out how many Bible verses are in this study specifically. Just this one, not the other one, which is longer than this one. <laughs> dozens and dozens and dozens of scriptures we're going to read because I believe, I, d I know I don't have the information. I don't. I don't have the understanding. It's something in, in, in complete development in me. But I have the Word of God, and I have Holy Spirit, which will teach me all things. It's a promise. And I, and I sit down and I just say, okay, I put my fingers on the keyboard, Father, I'm ready. And I go here and I go here and that takes me here and here and here. And the next thing I know, I literally, it is hours and hours later and pages upon pages of thought towards this gospel. So let's go ahead and get started with the gospel. What if Christianity has never really known what it is? We have got to talk about this, and I beg of you to please posture your heart to be willing to ask that question. So let's get going. What is the gospel? What is the gospel? 
the capital G gospel. What is the good news? What is the gospel? What is the good news? Now listen, we hear, now that this is in my in my thought process and just front and center right here and in everything I'm reading in the Word of God right now, excuse me, whenever I hear anything from, from just blanket Christianity, and of course online is bombarded, anything online will just, it's constantly evangelism programs and mission outreaches and, and church this and church that and discipleship, soul winning, event, you know, all this stuff. Events, ministries, books, all of it. And and I've noticed something that I've never really picked up on before, and I know it's, of course, been there, which is what? How to share the gospel, or take the gospel to the ends of the earth, or here at First Baptist Assembly of, of wherever, we teach the gospel. We are going to Africa to share the gospel. Jesus came to to give us the gospel. You know, and like, but the question has to be asked. Every single time I see that now, hear that, whatever the case may be, I stop and I step back and I say, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? I mean, of course, it's all hypothetical, but like I'm engaging with a, a, a website or a banner ad or an ad on the radio because I've been trying to 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 get the pulse on Christian culture as of right now through some Christian radio listening. And I'm like, but what are we saying? What are we saying when we say this mysterious word, gospel or good news? So let me just throw some some things out there for you to consider. Perhaps you have already answered the question, what is the gospel? But let's let's just move down the track a little bit on asking questions. I love questions. Is the gospel the cross? Is it isolated to a salvation experience? Is it New Testament Christianity? Is it the promise of a coming kingdom? What is it? What is the gospel? What is the good news? And and whatever your answer, how did you arrive at that conclusion? Whatever your answer is, uh, assuming you have one, we have to have one. How did you decide what the gospel is in your heart and in your understanding? And if you were to give an account to someone about this is the gospel message, what would it be? How did you arrive there? Did you study yourself to find it? Is it something you spent time on to to say, you know what, I know, I think, the gospel. I've heard it my whole life from many of us Christian Americans born and raised in the church, organized church. But did we find out for ourselves what the gospel is? Were, Were we taught the gospel, what it is? Was it just taught to us in Sunday school or sermons, or or can you remember a book that you read that, that somehow formed your idea and definition of the gospel? Was it somehow just inherent understanding where you grew up Christian-ish, or you grew up really ingrained in the church and, and church attendance? So did you study it for yourself? Were you taught it specifically, explained thoroughly, 
Or did you just inherit some understanding that maybe right now even you're sitting there and you're thinking, I don't really know where I learned the definition of what the gospel really is. If we're all honest, I would say it's likely the former. It's, it's, the, it's this inherent understanding of the gospel. And we're going to talk about what we've inherited in very small measure because I want to get to the real instead of just what we've been handed. And so this question has to be, answer, has to be asked and thereby answered by you. Is it at least possible that we have not known the full gospel? And surely we have to, if we're honest at all, we have to admit, yes, of course. Of course there's, there's facets and layers and, and, and understanding towards the gospel that we have not even heard. Or do we, in our arrogance, are we convinced that we have heard the gospel in its fullness? Oh, I already know. And friend, I'll just tell you, if, if that is you, you are in a dangerous place. For whatever reason, I share on the program a lot that when something comes to me through the Word of God, and not someone's mere opinion, but it's shown to me in the Word, either my own studies or through someone else, and it contradicts what I'm holding on to, I just let it go. In many cases, in many cases, not everything, but in most cases, it's like, okay, I don't want to fight for my own understanding of something. If the Bible shows me I'm wrong, then yes and amen, I believe it's true, and now that's my understanding towards a matter such as the gospel. So we must say, we have to be able to say, at the beginning of the outset of this series, that it's very possible that there is immeasurable, there are immeasurable amounts of the gospel, components of the gospel that I've never even heard before. And I, I, I originally titled this study here specifically, Stumbling into Messiah's True Identity and Purpose. Stumbling into it. And one of the things we're going to talk about in this series is the, the, the verbiage that Yeshua used to constantly tell people that, they're, that he's a stumbling block. And, and it's all throughout the Word of God. The Messiah is going to come and, and he's going to be a stumbling stone. And people are going to fall over him. Trip up. Be offended. Big word we will spend very many minutes on in this study as well. So, I will present that scripturally speaking, it seems that we must stumble upon Messiah in order to yield to who he really is and embrace what he really came to accomplish. I believe by the scriptures alone, not our opinion, that I will show us We have to stumble upon the Messiah when we encounter him for who he really is. If we received him with ease and we looked at him and said, oh, this is so wonderful. Yes, I make a decision and asked him into my heart. That's why that doctrine is falsehood. It's not biblical. And, and I remember a, a, a message I heard years ago, years ago, that that this, this preacher was saying, look, if, if preachers today say, if we could just tear back the veil and let people see Jesus, everybody would run to him, fall on their faces, and worship him and say, Oh, this is our Messiah. And this preacher said, No, they would not. They would not. They would hate what they see. Because when they see him as he is, he is offensive. He's offensive. Why? 
He is the personification of light and righteousness and holiness. And when he reveals himself to us as he really is, there's one thing to do. Humble ourselves, repent, and turn from our wicked ways. Oh man, this stuff, this is going to take so long. That's the beginning of the gospel. That's why Yeshua is the door, the way, the gate, the entrance in. Because you have to go through him to get to the Father. Why? Because when you look at him, he is the gauge of whether or not you have any place in you to humble yourself, just as he did, the suffering servant, so that we are allowed into the Holy of Holies where he is the propitiation mercy seat over it all, and we are going through him, our mediator Messiah, to get into the Father's perfect, beautiful presence. And the only way to do that is to fall on our face in absolute humility and say, everything I thought I knew you, you were to be, Yeshua Messiah, I surrender it all because you're a whole lot different than what I thought. This isn't even in my notes, and I can't do this very long. What about Paul's encounter with Yeshua, Shaul? What about his experience? What happened? He said throughout his whole life, I'm sure he's doing the righteous works of Yahweh Elohim, killing Christians, persecuting the called-out assembly, fully convinced he's accomplishing God's will. Yeshua comes, he's blinded by, by the extreme light that he was. He falls on his face, blinded, and what's, the, what's going on? Yeshua is saying, why are you persecuting me? What? You are opposing me. You think you're doing me and my father a favor when in fact you are my enemy. Friends, we have to let that sink in. When we encounter Yeshua as he really is, friend, you and I will be offended. And we are going to go through numerous scriptural accounts of that being true. I will show, this will show us, this will show us that we must be offended. And thereby, if we respond rightly, which is going to be parts down the road, in humility, repentance, teshuvah, a turning away from self and sin, the ways of the nations, we choose to acknowledge Yeshua the Messiah for being who he is, and we allow him to be who he is. We don't add to him or take anything away from him. And thereby we have a chance to become the people of his Father. So I would say, and I will propose with scriptures coming, that we must stumble into Messiah's true identity and purpose, who he really is. And we must yield our will, and we must yield our perception of him and who he is and why he came and what he did. If we have any choice, or any chance rather, to embrace what he really came to accomplish. Now, what I'm not going to be saying in this series is that, hey, friend, you don't know the gospel. You don't know the gospel. I do. I am not saying that, so please make this little marker. I am not saying that. What I am saying, we have not been presented and have therefore not known the full gospel. The Christian church has not known the full gospel. And if they have, they're not teaching it. If they know, 
it's a pretty big secret because nobody ever told me. And again, if you're new to the program, I'm 48 years old in the Christian church my whole life. Never heard it. When I was a youth pastor, never taught it because I had never even knew of such a thing. I had never been taught, never been told. What this tells me is the good news in the gospel. So that's I want to make that clear that I'm not saying you don't know the gospel. I'm saying I don't know the gospel. Okay? <laughs> we're all in this this condition together, but we're learning and we're we're desiring to know the fullness. That's what I want to move us towards is the fullness. So let's start reading the scripture and man, we're already going to have to uh, get moving and, and break this up some. I don't know how much yet. So Romans chapter 10, verse 11, Paul tells us this, this very mysterious phrase. For the scripture says, whoever trusts in him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. Okay, and that's the key thing that we, we can't, we cannot, we can't explain all these parts of all these verses, but just make mental notes of these things. Because I've been, you've heard me on the program talking about um, the restoration of all things, and 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 Father calling everybody back and fulfilling all of the prophecies in the Old Testament to to reunite His people again. And so, Paul Paul of course knew this, and he said, verse twelve of Romans ten: There's no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all. He's richly generous to all who what who call on Him. For everyone who calls upon the name of Yahweh shall be saved. Okay, we know, if we know anything, the, the Hebrew word for, for this understanding is, is Yeshua. He is the salvation of Yahweh. How then shall they call on the one in whom they have not trusted? And how shall they trust in the one that they have not heard of? And how shall they hear without someone proclaiming? And how shall they proclaim unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who proclaim good news of good things. Verse 16, this is the verse I want to get us launched into this study with. But not all obeyed the good news. Now, now I, of course, have heard this scripture. I've read it. I've, I've studied it. I've taught on it for years. But when I read it in the lens that I'm looking everything through now, and I got to verse 16 of Romans chapter 10, and Shaul saying, How beautiful are the feet of those who proclaim good news of good things, but not all obeyed the good news. Obeyed? Wait a minute. The good news, the gospel can be obeyed? Because we have to understand, we, we, we lay the groundwork we have time for. Good news and gospel are synonymous. Glad tidings, they're, they're the same. But the good news can be obeyed? So let's briefly establish what the Bible means in the word obey that's used here. To listen to, to hearken unto, to submit oneself to. And when you know where this word first appears in the Bible? Abraham. Imagine that, right? Genesis chapter 22, verse 18, the equivalent shows up in the Older Testament to reveal, obey. In your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Why? Because you, Abram, obeyed my voice. 
Okay. Is anyone else is are are you hearing the whirring of my mind, of my understanding as we as we ride out of the gate and father led me here and I didn't even make this connection I'm not smart enough to. But when I started to look into the first um, appearing of the of the Hebrew version of obey, it led me to the account of Abraham. Again, Shaul Paul is saying, but not all, not all, not everyone obeyed the gospel. And then we're asking the question, well, how do you obey the gospel? So I followed it back to the Older Testament, Genesis chapter 22. Abraham was given what? A covenantal promise. The father, oh my gosh, all the way back to Abraham because he obeyed the voice of Yahweh Elohim. He was given a covenantal promise that he would would father the nations. As I'm discovering, we could say that the gospel really did begin in Abraham. We could say, of course, well, it was in the garden right after the fall. The plan had to come into play to bring redemption to mankind, of course, yes. But with this very promise, in Genesis chapter 22, verse 18, I would say we see the onset of the covenantal beauty within the gospel, the good news. (laughs) And it's connected to obedience. And what's it based on? Obedience, obedience, obedience. And in the Newer Testament, we see the call to what? Obey this good news. It's incredible. Obey, 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 obey. A word that many people loathe hearing. Because <laughs> we've been taught that it's somehow to our detriment. What of 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17? What does it tell us? Quote, For the time has come for judgment to begin with the house of God. If judgment begins with us first, what will be the end for those who disobey the good news of God? Okay, wait a minute. That's in there twice? Oh, yes, that and, and more. Okay, so now we're, we've moved on to 1 Peter 4, and again, we're only touching on some of these. If judgment begins with us first, the house of God, what will be the end for those who disobey the good news of God disobeyed. What? <laughs> so, so Paul's talking about obeying, and now in 1 Peter it's talking about disobeying the gospel? So is the good news an instruction? Park the car, turn off the ignition, and sit down on that one for a while, won't you? I have never thought of this in my entire life, ever Is the good news an instruction? Is the gospel in any way, because it's a complex thing now, is it in any way properly viewed according to Scripture as an instruction? You tell me. What are we reading? It can be obeyed. It can be disobeyed. Just some thoughts, right? Did you know this? I mean, did you already know that? Have you thought that through? Perhaps you have. If you have, let me know in the comments. Send me an email and tell me how you arrived at that back in 1987, please. (laughs) I would love to know where you are with that now. 
But to understand what to disobey here means, we have to know how it's used in the Bible. One example in Newer Testament is Yeshua, John chapter 3. He who trusts in the Son, himself, has eternal life. He who does not obey, he, one who disobeys, the Son, will not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. And of course, we could find disobey and obey all throughout the Word of God from beginning to end, of course. What of another Bible text that states this, quote, This is evidence of the righteous judgment of Yahweh, that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you are also suffering. Since indeed Yahweh considers it just to repay with affliction those who afflict you, and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us. When Yeshua Messiah is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, and what's he doing? Inflicting vengeance on those who do not know Yahweh and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Messiah, Yeshua. They, this continues, verse 9, and we'll get to where it is, and I'm going to get you in the gut on this one. They, okay, those who do not obey the gospel, the ones who are disobedient to the gospel, disobedient to the good news, will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. Now, is this Leviticus? Is this one of the prophets? No. It's Paul speaking to the called-out assembly in Thessalonica. It's 1 Thessalonians 1, 5 through 9. What? What? I'm saying, how have I missed this? Not you, me. I'm saying that. How in the world have my eyes and my ears been so blinded and stopped up to hear this and read this now and say, oh my gosh, part, a component of the gospel of the good news is that it is an instruction. Again, maybe you've known that. I've never thought of that in my entire life, and I've surely never heard it before. So again, his, his words, Paul's words to Thessalonica. <laughs> Vengeance is coming to those who do not know Yahweh and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Messiah Yeshua. They, the ones who disobey the gospel, will suffer eternal destruction, y'all. Okay, so, okay, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this is doing in you what it's been doing in me, which is arresting all of my understanding of the gospel. I just thought the gospel, again, to go back to our very beginning, was either an event or an experience or a prophesied kingdom that's yet to come, or maybe kind of came when Jesus came, or maybe even you think it came in absolute fullness. I thought that, how can you disobey that? Friend, that's the question we've got to ask. The Word of God is making it clear that at least in part, the gospel and the good news is an instruction to be responded to with obedience. Interestingly, the gospel can be obeyed just like the Torah. But we cannot obey what we have never been told. Right? So have we been told? 
Mm. Yes. Yes. Friends, we have more copies of the Bibles of the Bible price sitting in our homes than some countries have in their entirety here in America. Blessed and highly favored. And we're sitting on it, ignorant, foolish, and set to what? To be sent out in permanent punishment and eternal destruction because we are remaining in the chair of ignorance and pride. We know the gospel. If anybody knows the gospel, it's America, right? We go and build churches all over the world. This is a tough one, but have we even been taking the gospel to the ends of the earth? I don't think we have. I don't think we have. I think we have misunderstood, misappropriated, and mishandled that charge to go and take the gospel, the full good news to the nations, because we've been propping up a Jesus that is not the biblical Messiah. And I know that hurts a lot of people. That's just plain fact. If we're going according to the word of God now. Now let's bring this one to a close so we're not going too long. So we have been told, we have been given all that is needed in order to respond in obedience. But likely not by religion. But yes, we have been given it by Yahweh himself. By preserving his eternal word. Which is living and active, friend. I hope you know that. We've just not been told it nor have we studied it for ourselves. We've likely never even asked. That's what I realized. I'm like, I have this understanding that I thought was pretty clear about what the gospel is, but like, I don't know that I've ever really asked or ever really looked for sure for myself. So I submit that the gospel, the good news, is not merely salvation, nor is it merely the cross. Most people, of course, would defer to say, it's the cross, The gospel is the cross, the message in the cross. That's the gospel. No, friend, it's not. I'm sorry. (laughs) It is a component, yes, the cross. Of course, it's a component, but it is a, a small part, really, of the whole. Is it? I'm not lessening it. I'm not demeaning it in any way. But we have to see the fullness of the biblical gospel. And it is so much greater than the cross event. It's so much bigger than that. That doesn't negate the cross or anything that took place on it on my behalf, of course. And you're misunderstanding me if, you're, if you think that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that at all. I would say that the gospel, and we're going to allow the Word of God to make this very clear. This is just a very distant assessment of of just trying to define it simply. It's a plan. It's a redemption plan, the gospel, the good news. It's a plan to restore what was lost, and it must be obeyed, and it must be yielded to exactly as it is presented to us in the Word of God and not according to our own understanding, and we cannot obey what we do not know. We can't. We're just guessing. We're just going through life assuming the speed limit's 30, but it might be 10. And if you're pulled over going 30 in a 10, you will receive a ticket because you have broken the law. You have disobeyed the law. 
Well, I'm sorry, officer. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. Now, we would say that's foolishness in the natural, but that's what many of us, myself included, have done for so many years with the Word of God in my ignorance and remaining in it. Ah, sorry, God, I didn't know. I didn't know. I thought the speed limit was maybe 30, but I didn't know, and I didn't ask, and I didn't look for myself, so I'm just cruising along, and I'm breaking your law. I am disobeying what you say the gospel is. And friends, we have got to find a place in us to acknowledge first and foremost that it's possible. And then as the word of God hopefully reveals to us that we probably have been in disobedience to the gospel, the good news, we fall on our knees and we repent and we turn. We confess that, you know what, I've made, I've made the Messiah someone he's not. And in, 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 in summary, we've just made it all about us <laughs> and sin. In heaven, we've missed the whole thing. But we cannot obey what we do not know. And that's what we're going to try to get to. I'm going to, in my own best effort, I'm going to add understanding to our lives towards this matter so that we know. So let's endeavor together in this series to, to better understand what the, what the Scriptures have taught us and what we have missed. So, so would you go along with us and be willing to just say, you know what? Is it, is it a ridiculous proposal that we've not known the gospel? I don't think so. I'm never surprised in the sense of like, well, I know the Bible says that, but can't be true. <laughs> I hope none of us are in that posture of heart towards these matters, towards anything for that. So the gospel, what if Christianity has never really known what it is? We'll start with, is it possible? I already know it's true. I've seen it in my own life, evidenced in me. I believe it's true all the way across the board. But we have time to fix it, to repair it. Father's good, he's merciful, slow to wrath, abounding in love, giving us his word, which is a fiery, raging inferno of truth. And it's here to, to take all of our mess and our own doctrines and our own understanding and throw it in the incinerator and to burn it up so that truth remains. That's my goal. So thank you for watching. We're going to get, of course, into this much deeper as we go along here. It's going to be lengthy. The gospel. What if Christianity has never really known what it is? You're watching the Path to Zion podcast. Our desire is to rediscover the ancient way. Father's revealing things to us that we're not smart enough here to figure out on our own, but he is good and he is faithful. And I believe he's unveiling eyes in this hour. Front and center, me first. So thank you for watching. Come back for the next part, won't you? Amen.